Alright, right, so, what's going on guys? KKG. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> so, we're going to start off by saying what's going on. Uh, been a lot going on, so we just came back. Now we're back on track. Um, a little bit. Mm. A little bit. We're trying to pretend to be proactive. Yeah, we're trying to pretend to be proactive. That's right. We really need to go to so, Coachella. What, is this? What, what episode is this? Is this episode three? Mm-hmm. This is episode three. All right. Episode three, Team KKG coming at you. Uh, we're going to do some uh, fun stuff today. So, I want to look up some of these... Some of these fun facts. Somebody on this phone's going fishing. Alright, so. Current events. We're going to review some of these. These are for the USA. Because that's where we are. Alright. Current events. Let's do top. That's Douglas. CNN. We're going to do this. It's covered by CNN. Credit to them for this information. See what we got going on here. All right. Kraft showed Florida Cop Super Bowl ring when stopped after he left a spa. What? What is this? A stolen 400-year-old Bible returns to the U.S., after being missing for decades. What? Alright. So let's do this. Uh, apparently Kraft was pulled over. Friday, April 26th is the headline for this. So when the white Bentley of New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, was pulled over after cops say it left a spa, the billionaire... Billionaire, huh? Huh, I mean, makes sense. The billionaire asked an officer whether he cheered for the Dolphins and showed him one of his Super Bowl rings. <laughs> ah, the stop took place on January 19th as Kraft's driver pulled away from the spa in Jupiter, Florida. There's two different places right there. Where authorities say scores of men were getting illegal, illegal sexual favors. Oh, oh, happy ending. Happy ending. They love you long time. <laughs> Kraft was a passenger. All right, all right, all right. Very respectful and polite to officers, it says. Well, good for you, Kraft. Because I would have done an Ace Ventura and been like, now you got it on your forehead. Sunnyvale crash suspect. What? Where did it say that? No. Sunnyvale crash suspect. Oh, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Sunnyvale, huh? Bleed were Muslim, please. Uh oh. Hopefully the trailer park boys didn't get hurt. Right. <laughs> Sunnyvale crash suspect targeted people he believed were Muslim. Oh, we're gonna leave that alone. Next. All right. So this is pretty interesting. I'm gonna click on this one. A stolen 400-year-old Bible returns to the U.S. after being missing for decades. Wow. 
Look at that thing. Man, what did they craft that in? Blood? So, like, how did they know it was stolen? Because... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... How did they know it was stolen? That is a good question, Wifey. Generations talking about this Bible that was stolen. Like, That's a pretty do they good. Just sit the grandkids around the hearth and talk about the hearth. <laughs> All right, so you guys spin yarns yeah, about this yeah. Bible that was stolen. While you guys make this cheese, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye out for this Bible. All right, here we go. Wow, a 400-year-old Bible. One of 321 rare items stolen from the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh in the 1990s. Okay, let's put this math together, all right? So, it was stolen in the 1990s. Right, no, because the Bible was already 400, it's 400 okay. years old now. It was in a... Like exhibition, apparently we should have read more. That's how they knew it was stolen. It was cataloged. <laughs> this is our fault. All right, because that math immediately didn't make sense to me. But now that you say that, it makes sense. Okay, the Bible is more than a piece of evidence in a case. It's a priceless artifact and religious significance to people's many faiths. Many. What kind of Bible was this? Like the Holy Bible. The rare Maybe. Geneva Bible, huh? Was discovered in the Netherlands. In the possession of Jeremy Dupertuis. I don't know how to say that. Bangs. Apparently he had three names. The director of the Leiden American Pilgrim Museum. Huh. All right. Thanks, CNN, for the ad. I don't want to see that. Go away. Wow, this thing is... Wow. Imprinted at London, it says. It's just a map of all kinds of religions. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That stuff's really sticky. Holy macro. What kind is this? Uh, diamond cutter. Diamond cutter. That's the kind of bud we got here. Alright, let's go to another one here. Police are investigating possible link between California synagogue shooting suspect and a nearby mosque fire. Man. Nearby mosque fire, huh? All right. Well, we're going to go to a different one. As a Jewish person, when you hear... No, we're going to just go to a different one. Oh, look at here. $30,000 in cash spilled off the back of a truck in Michigan. Cops are asking motorists to return the money. Yeah, they only got 3000 of it back. I bet they did. And they ain't going to get the rest. They ain't nobody going to be like, oh, this is one of those flight bills that flew off the back of a truck. Uh, Sorry about that. Here's these $100 bills back. And that was somebody that actually... Wow. That just had the money and they lost it. Wow. Somebody was just saying something about that. Man, 
That's crazy. $30,000 just flew out of the back of a truck. That's nuts. Let's see where this happened here. That's where, that's where we're at. Money is slowly trickling into a Michigan police station after a man accidentally spilled $30,000 onto a highway. A cardboard box full of cash fell from the back of a man's truck onto US 31 in Grand Haven on Thursday. Somebody's, somebody's wow. $30,000 spilled off the back of a truck in Grand Haven out of a cardboard box. Everybody did. They're asking all the motorists to return the money, but I guess they've only got like three grand of it back so far. Because people aren't going to be like, here's this money. How is anybody going to know that's where it came from? If I need it for bills, it's going towards bills. Sorry about that. I'll give you an IOU. Where was the truck coming from? It was going through Grand Haven. And it just felt, a cardboard box full of money fell off the back of the Why truck. It, it just belonged to them. It was a regular, regular, regular civilian. Why the hell did they have so much money? They had a cardboard box full of money. I don't know. Maybe okay, he was, well, maybe he was 90 case, and it was his retirement money. I don't know. If that's the case, I would have given the money back. If it was from a bank or something, I mean, FDIC, come on. Yeah, it's insured. It's insured at that point. If it's just some regular guy, I mean, I'd give it back. All right. So we're going to look up some... That's some current events that are going on, guys, or that's ones that we're covering today. Uh, there's some more. Let's do a couple more of these while we burn this down. Diamond cutter, huh? Here you go. Tastes pretty good. Ah. Uh, Alright, we're going to go to this site, mentalfloss.com, and we're going to look up just some fun facts, teach teach everybody some stuff, because half the, half the stuff I read off here I never even knew anyway, so let's learn something today. Number one, here we go, Mr. Rogers always mentioned out loud that he was feeding oh, his fish. Can I finish? I know this one. No, I don't want you to finish. Alright. Mr. Rogers always mentioned out loud that he was feeding his fish because a young blind viewer once asked him to do so. She wanted to know the fish were okay. That's pretty cool, man. <coughs> All right. Number two. Boring Oregon and Dull Scotland have been sister cities since 2012. In 2017, they added Blandshire... Australia to their League of Extraordinary Communities. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Bull, Doring, and Bland. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Amelia Earhart and Eleanor Roosevelt once snuck out of the White House event of a White House event, commandeered an airplane, and went on a joyride to Baltimore. <laughs> what? That sounds like some real shit. <laughs> yeah. These are all real. These are all facts. Fun facts. That's pretty cool, man. All right, number four. If you have the feeling that you've experienced an event before in real life, call it deja vu. 
If you feel like you've previously experienced an event in a dream instead, there's a different term for it. Deja Reve. Hmm. Tell me why this dude... Uh, I can't talk about that right now. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Nobody knows who the dude is. Oh, yeah. So, number five. During Prohibition, moonshiners would wear cow shoes. The fancy footwear left hoof prints instead of footprints, <laughs> helping distillers and smugglers yeah. evade police. Yeah, that's, that's smart. That's, that's really, really good. that is really smart, man. That's super smart. <laughs> that's super smart. <laughs> Number six. Since founding the Imagination Library in 1995. Dolly Parton has donated 100 million books to children. We actually we both get both of our kids get books yep, from the Dolly Parton. Yep. Both of our children actually get books from the Dolly Parton Foundation. That's pretty cool. Imagination Library. Yep. You can sign up online and if they don't have it in your area right now, just signing up when they do get it in your area, you will automatically receive books. You get one book per month uh, for each of your kids. And I think there's an age cutoff, but I don't remember what it is. Alright. So this is probably what we're going to be doing once a week, guys, is just fun facts and stuff. Um, teaching people stuff that they may or may not have known. So I guess it wouldn't be teaching you if you already knew it, huh? Number seven. The 100 folds in a chef's... How do you say this? Toke? T-O-Q-U-E? Is that how you sell it? What's that word? Toke? I would think so. T-O-Q-U-E. Yeah. Is that how you sell it? Say it. 100, the hundred folds in a chef's toke are said to represent 100 ways to cook an egg. And that, that's the hat, I would imagine. Is it? Yeah. Is that all those folds shoot in her hat right there? Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of this chick. Looking all proud to be a chef with spotless dishes. <laughs> Number eight. In curling, good sportsmanship and politeness are essential. Congratulation, congratulating opponents and abstaining from trash talk are part of what's known as the spirit of curling. I don't know what curling is. It must curling, be a sport. Yeah, it's, a, it's an Olympic know. sport now. And, you, and it's like brooms. You take a broom and you, you buff out the ice so that the little thing will go across the ice where you want it to that go. That little tool they got right there? Well, yeah, that's yeah. what you use. Somebody's running in and front of you. And you smooth it so that it'll follow the path Oh, when to. they hit it, and that the thing that flies across the ice? The yeah. Thing? Oh, okay, I've seen that. It. I've seen that. That's an Olympic sport now, it's huh? It's an Olympic sport now. Yeah. Cool. That's neat. So they brought another new sport to the Olympics. I believe Canadian, but I'm Canadian. not sure. I could will be wrong, but I really do think that it's Canadian. Does it right. say? Uh, I'm. It does not say where it's from, but I got a friend, my friend Brody, that lives up in Canada. I'll give him a shout out while I'm on here. Shout out! What's up, Brody? Uh, when you're listening to this episode, uh, you know who you are. So I'm going to be asking you about this sport if it's a sport in Canada. Well, you can comment probably. Or you could probably comment on this. Yeah. Everybody else will know. In real time. In real so time. Check the comments. Check the com- Yeah, I'll check or the Google comments. Google it. You know, you guys can probably Google. Probably it Google it. You guys can probably Google it. Yeah, but I'll ask my friend Brody. He lives up there. He'll probably know if it's a sport up there. Number nine. In 1974, 
The Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis published a paper titled The Unsuccessful Self-Treatment of a Case of Writer's Block. It contained a total of zero words. Waha! I love it. <laughs> Look, as soon as you said a writer's block, I was like, how are you going to write about having a writer's block? Like, <laughs> it was that's, my first thought. That's pretty cool. Funny, funny, you guys. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Rob a shout out on this one. <laughs> Number ten. Was it about Pokemon? No, listen. <laughs> Guinness estimates that ninety three thousand liters of beer are lost in facial hair oh. each year in the UK alone. Wow, that's a lot. In mustaches, I would imagine, because they drink. That's a lot to lose in if just it, facial hair. Uh, porous well, in your facial hair. UK, that's crazy. They, they would drink out of. That's an S. S. I mean, that's a. That's got to be kind of close, though, I right? I think more glasses than anything else. That's a lot of beards. That's a, a lot, lot of, of beards. To okay. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like they have a lot. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number 11. We're going to do 20 of these each week. So number 11. George Washington served an eggnog-like drink to visitors at Mount Vernon. His recipe included rye whiskey, rum, and sherry. Hmm. Wow. All right. Right on. Wonder if he gave his slaves any of those. <laughs> Number 12. Some cats are allergic to humans. What? What? How do they How do they test that? What did, I want to know the procedure for that. Do they just keep a cat secluded in a sterile room and place a human in there for testing? No, I would I would think they would like do scratch tests, maybe? I don't know. How do they figure out if a person's allergic to something? It's the same thing. So they do scratch tests on cats? I, I don't know. Here, have some human dander. Does it say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The scratch their skin. Yeah. We're going to shave you, cat. And we're going to do a scratch test on your back. Here's some... Maybe on their belly. Here's some noodles and some hot sauce and some human... <laughs> <laughs> well, why would they test allergies for noodles and hot sauce? That doesn't I know they do it on humans. Not, they don't scratch you for noodles. <laughs> okay, so maybe not noodles. Hot sauce. They don't scratch you for hot sauce. Mosquito bites. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. But they would probably scratch you for capsaicin, which would cover hot sauce. Or uh, for noodles, it would be wheat. That was a big word. Capsaicin. They would scratch, they would scratch you for wheat. And the other things that make up uh, noodles... Eggs, maybe. So, number 13, Queen Elizabeth II is a trained mechanic. Mm. What the fuck? Wow. I bet that's because of some war. Probably. Probably. Somebody will know that. You guys can leave comments. Number 14, Volvo gave away the 1962 patent for their revolutionary three-point seatbelt for free in order to save lives. That's neat. Good for you, Volvo. Good for you. That's the seatbelt we use now, I think. Probably. Three-point. Three-point seatbelt, yeah. Well, no. We use a two-point seatbelt, don't we? No. Bottom and top. And Bottom, then it comes top, and then it comes... Oh, then it comes together and in another... Click. Okay, That's yeah. All right, I guess. That's a three-point harness. Number 15. Sundoku is the act of acquiring books and not reading them. Oh, I got that. Oh, you totally got that. There is books all over our house, people, that have never... They serve more of a purpose for fire starting than they do 
I don't ever Or fire books. continuing in the event books. of a fire. We don't burn books. We don't burn books. We don't burn books. But in the event of a house fire, they would be a fire continuer. Kindling? Yeah. They would work. Accelerant? Yeah, accelerant. Number 16. Ravens in captivity can learn to talk better than parrots. Well, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Ravens are really they smart. Are. That's why, don't, didn't they used to do pigeons and ravens? Yeah, pigeons are super smart too. You can train them. You message can clap. animals. Yeah, message animals. You can ravens clap train. And pigeons, yep. And doves. That's what they use in the hood. Yeah. They train pigeons. Oh, yeah. To send, yeah, they clap in the hood. That's a real thing. They train them and they clap in a certain pattern. And it tells the pigeons what to do. They can bring notes back and forth. They can fly over if they see any cops or anything or sirens. Hmm. They actually train pigeons, and they they do it in a clap sequence. I did not know that. Yep. It's a real thing. Number 17. Bela Lugosi was buried in... Bela Lugosi was buried in full Dracula costume, cape and all. Uh Oh, that's that's the original Dracula. Okay. Sorry about that, guy. Didn't mean to mispronounce your name, though. Kind of stoned. Sorry about that. Uh, Number 18. Central Park's lampposts contain a set of four numbers that can help you navigate. The first two tell you the nearest street, and the next two tell you whether you're closer to the east or west side of the park. Even numbers signals, or even numbers signal east, odd signals west. Hmm. All right. So it's like a map around there. How does the number the be the name of a street? Probably because they, I would imagine they have the their numbers. Central Park numbers? I would, that's what I was just going to say. I, I would imagine they have sequential numbers to their streets just for that purpose. Hmm. I don't know. I've never been Those there. two things probably go together in the city to help. The, that's huge. That's huge. That's a really big park. Yeah. 19. A teacher wrote of a young Ronald Dahl in his school report card. I have never met anybody so persistently writes words meaning Okay, tell me if I'm reading I'm not reading this wrong, right? I have never met anybody who so persistently writes words I was reading it wrong meaning the exact opposite of what is intended. So he said, I have never met anybody who so persistently writes words meaning the exact opposite of what is intended. Wow. Ronald Dahl is he's an author. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I know he's a really, really famous author, but I can't remember for what book. Oh no! On this, it looks like he's smoking a dube, don't it? <laughs> it looks like a fat dube, don't it? With his five head, his hair's running to the back. I really wish I had my phone so I could Google it because it's important. What that, what he said about it, the teacher said about him, will make sense if you know what he wrote. I'm sure of it. Okay. So let me get on my phone really quick, and I'm going to Google Ronald. D-A-H-L, right? Yeah. And I'm going to Google Ronald Dahl. Just for these facts, because she's right. It is important. Can't leave you hanging, because somebody's going to wonder what, why, you know? I'm pretty sure. I know he's very, very famous for a book. I'm just going to Google his name and see what comes up. I guess I could have done it in another window on here, huh? Instead. So let's do that. We're going to do... Ronald Dahl. Uh, Ronald Dahl was a British novelist, short story 
writer, poet, screenwriter, and fighter pilot. His books have sold more than 250 million copies worldwide. Uh, he was born in Wales to immigrant parents. Dahl served in Royal Air Force during the Second World War. Uh, should I do IMDb? No, it's right here. Uh, yeah, see, look, like... A little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Don't don't push Matilda, on my Matilda, the BFG. Can, are you, don't lean on my screen, please. That's so. Think about that. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Snobberries yeah. taste like snobberries. Yeah. I, okay. Right? Okay. Like, so strike that. Style. Reverse. Yeah. It, okay. See, I told you it makes sense. All right. Any some of his quotes. Uh, so please, oh please, we beg, we pray, go throw your TV set away. And in its place, you can install a lovely bookcase on the wall. So, kind of like a Dr. Seuss style, you know? A person is a fool to become a writer. His only compensation is absolute freedom. He has no master except his own soul. And that, I am sure, is why he does it. Okay, well, weird style. Right on. And number 20. You can still visit Blockbuster stores in Alaska and Oregon. So they are not completely out of business. No. I thought they went completely out of business, y'all. No, there's still a couple. Right on. Oh, okay. So we're going to just do this one, too, because it looks interesting. Blood donors in Sweden receive a thank you text when their blood is used. That's cool. That is pretty cool. So you know that it went to a purpose instead of just being wasted in a freezer somewhere. That's neat. Thank you, Sweden. That's pretty cool. This one looks... I'm going to read this one, too. Kia parrots warble together when they're in a good mood, making them the first known non-mammal species to communicate with infectious laughter. Hmm. <laughs> That's cool, man. Right on. Long before rap battles, there was flighting, the exchange of witty, insulting verses. The verbal throwdowns were popular in England and Scotland from <laughs> from 5th to 16th centuries. Right on. Huh. Melbourne gave some of its trees email addresses so residents could report problems. Instead, the trees received love letters. <laughs> right on. All right, guys, that's our podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. This is probably what we're going to be doing every week. So, uh, with that, hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you.